Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Pagla Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing the unique voices and stories of language learners and diverse individuals from all over the world. For those who are new here, my name is Claire, I'm a teen who loves learning languages, and today I'm so excited to bring Ivy onto our show. She's an avid language learner who also loves reading in different foreign languages. In fact, she's read over 100 novels. So in today's episode, we'll be talking more about her experiences, what challenges she's faced, and we'll be sharing some methods and techniques that we use to help us through the reading process to make most of it and guide us through our language learning journeys. So I hope that you learned something new in today's episode and please stay tuned for future ones as well. Thank you. Hi everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode. So today we have a very special guest with us. Would you like to start by introducing yourself, where you're from and what languages you speak in our learning? Um, great. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. So my name is Ivy. I'm from Canada. I grew up in Canada and I'm Chinese Canadian. I speak Mandarin and English fluently and a bit of French. Um, I mostly just have, I guess, okay reading proficiency in French, but I'm not super comfortable speaking. And on Instagram, I run, I guess, just a language study account. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. All right. Yeah. And so can you share a little bit about your language journey? So what inspired you to begin learning languages and what was your first one and like, how did it kind of go from there? Mm, cool. Uh, I guess the first language I learned outside of what languages I spoke at home um, and at school was French, but it was just the way that all the other kids learned Spanish or French at school as a second language. I guess my interest in taking more proactive measures to learn languages was, I guess, interest in my heritage language. So at the very end of high school, I was interested in learning Chinese. Even though I am a heritage speaker, starting was pretty overwhelming because there were so many resources and Chinese is a very different system from English and a lot of the other languages that a lot of mm -hmm. English speakers learn at school. In university, I took a first year course for heritage speakers because I thought that would provide me more structure. So it was for um, students maybe who spoke the language a bit at home but didn't have reading ability. And I really liked it. I really fell in love with studying Chinese and I started studying it really intensively during the summer of my first year in university. And I actually studied so much that when I came back for my second year, I skipped like four levels. And wow. by my second year of university, I was enrolled in my school's most advanced Chinese course. Um, mm -hmm. At that point, the readings were still pretty hard for me, but I just stuck with it and it was it has been really rewarding so far. Um, and I recently started learning French and Japanese again. So French, I've always liked it at school. I never really felt like a burning passion for it. And at the end of high school, I was around maybe a B2 level. But my experience with learning Chinese in a really intense manner made, made me curious to see if I could pick it back up by doing readings and doing things like that, that we weren't encouraged to do during school. So in my last year of college, I, even though I had never really read a French novel before, I just tried to start reading. And it's been a really pleasant experience. I feel like we should have encouraged, um, or the teachers should have encouraged us to do that while we were studying this at school. And yeah, as for Japanese, I guess it's kind of fun. I started learning it recently, but I'm still very much a beginner. All right. Yeah. And so you mentioned a lot about like reading in different languages. So can you share like how many books you've read in foreign languages and what motivated you to kind of get started with this journey, especially in other foreign languages? Yeah, um, I guess I could uh, speak to that because mm -hmm. 
I always feel like maybe I'm not studying the right way because I see everybody else writing notes and using grammar textbooks and I mostly just use books as my primary way of immersion and getting exposure to foreign languages. I think I haven't really been keeping a close count of exactly how many I've read, but I would guess maybe close to 100. Mm -hmm. um, definitely like 10 times more in Chinese than in French. Um, I guess I read a lot because I did my degree in my undergrad in English literature. I really love literature. I really love reading. So it just felt very natural for me. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool that you're able to combine kind of your other interests in like um, English literature with your foreign language studies as well. So have you found like this kind of process kind of really enriching and supportive of your language endeavors, especially since, like you mentioned, this is kind of your main form of immersion in language? Yeah, I would say it's definitely super enriching. Um, when you can tie everything together in a way that, yeah, so I guess when people say, oh, well, you know, should I also just read a lot? I think reading definitely really helps, but I feel like maybe the bigger principle underlying uh, my experience with reading is just finding a way to integrate your language studies into your life in a way that feels natural uh, mm -hmm. with what you are already doing and what you're already interested in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so because like reading in a foreign language is definitely like a daunting process, even challenging to some, um, have you encountered any challenges throughout the process? And, you know, have, yeah, has it always been easy from the start? Mm, yeah, I guess the challenges I've encountered are pretty common. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess some of some things that people point out is, uh, are the fact that it takes a lot of time sometimes for you to look up words when you're reading. Mm -hmm. And when you look up words, you don't necessarily know how to pronounce them. Uh, I will say, I think the one difference for me with other uh, second language learners and you know everybody's language background is always really unique and people have different experiences and different degrees of familiarity with the language that they're trying to learn I would say that for me looking up words was a bit challenging but I would put a caveat and say that it's considerably less challenging because I wouldn't really struggle with the pronunciation of words because Chinese is my heritage language. I wouldn't really struggle too much with understanding, generally speaking, how the grammar works because the grammar feels pretty intuitive to me, having heard it a lot spoken aloud. So I can kind of map that immediately to um, the words on the page. And so really it was just a matter of looking up words. I can definitely imagine if you don't have much exposure as I'm learning Japanese now and I'm now starting to integrate more reading into my language studies, it could feel really confusing, especially when you're not really familiar with a lot of the grammatical structures. And mm -hmm. so it's not just about looking up words, it's also developing familiarity with um, how the structure of the phrase works, maybe how it even sounds like, because you don't want to be stuck in a position where you only know how to recognize a word, but not really know how to use it in conversation or not how to say it properly. So I'd say there are definitely many, many layers to um, using reading as an immersion tool. And for me, it works because reading was the area that I was the weakest in at the very beginning and I wanted to improve in the most. But I think the big challenge is being able to immerse a lot through reading for me because I do care about being literate in the languages I'm trying to learn. Um, balancing that with lots of other types of input and, and being able to integrate all of those other skills like recognizing grammar, recognizing the way that things are pronounced into the moment in which you read the sentence on the page and being able to um, sort of use all of those points of information to understand uh, what is being written. I think that is definitely a big challenge with other languages, but it's a bit easier for me personally with Chinese where the major challenge I have, I think, is primarily just looking up the word. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I see. And so since you've mentioned that you like to take unfamiliar words and search them up, is there other parts of like a routine that you use while you read through a novel? For example, do you take it paragraph by paragraph and then make sure you understand everything completely before moving on? Or yeah, like what routine do you use uh, when you read? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think people definitely debate about it. Like how much should you be able to understand before you can say, oh, I can read in a different language or how productive is reading if you don't understand everything? I personally think that this is just my personal view, so don't quote me on this and yeah. don't, you know, definitely not an academic study or anything like that. <laughs> but I think that as long as you're able to take away something, I mean, if you are getting close to like zero comprehension, maybe that's not as valuable. But even if you can understand the gist of what is going on at first, I feel like that has still been valuable for me because I also like to reread books. And there are a lot of other resources now. We live in an age of the internet. So you can not only reread books, but you can also listen to the audiobook. You can look at the movie adaptation of the book. You can read the book in your native language. And I think, you know, if you're not terribly bored of the story by that point, or terribly bored of whatever resource you're using at that point, you can just go back and get more and more out of each reread. And it's something that I also really like doing in English, right? Because even if you understand all the words that are that appear on the page you can still get something out of every single rereading each time you go back and start from the beginning or read selections and so I I feel like um sometimes people struggle with well I don't think I can understand this perfectly I I don't really think that's such a big um problem so long as you still think that there's enough information to keep you engaged um for you to learn something new even if it's not perfect um, because you always know that you can return to it. And even if you don't return to it, you know, I feel like just encountering the same word, maybe you don't know the first time, you'll see it again the second time, you still might be a little bit unfamiliar. You might finish the book and still not really have acquired, still not have acquired that specific word, but you'll go on to other materials and you'll see it again and again. And eventually, I think as long as you keep going, it doesn't matter if you're rereading or reading new things, um, understanding paragraphs well or kind of having a haphazard understanding of paragraphs. I think so long as you're supplementing that with some kind of systemic systematic study like of grammar of or, or of other kinds of um, using like a vocab resource or something like that. If you just keep sticking with it, I think eventually you'll just improve your comprehension. And I think another thing I like to think of is nobody is like quizzing you on the book that you're reading. Um, it's not like you'll have a pop quiz at the end and if you fail it, like there are severe consequences and you'll be punished. Like nobody is really holding a gun to your head during the process. And so as long as you're improving relative to where you were before each day or each month or across a longer period of time, it's really okay to have gaps in understanding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I completely agree with a lot of those points, especially with the aspect of just being exposed to like certain phrases and sentences. And I know personally, like a lot of time when I read novels, I might not understand like, like my focus is generally to understand the bigger picture first, and then maybe on the side, like write down a few sentences or words that I wanted to dissect in greater detail. But having the exposure just to those phrases when I'm speaking in Spanish, for instance, they just like come up. And yeah. I think that's due to like just having that rereading kind of the same sentences and seeing those words in the context like over and over again yeah yeah exactly and yeah that's that's something else I always like I, I have this in conversation with um, some of my friends like how many words do we really use in English like if you were to count the number of unique words that you use and the frequency it's probably 
like in daily conversation at the very least you're not using you know it's not like you're coming up with a new novel poem but with a completely unique use of language as a native speaker of English every single time mm-hmm. that you talk yeah so yeah I think it's just about trusting the process and trusting that yeah things are going to repeat as you said <laughs> yeah for sure and since I guess we can share a little bit more about our studying methods, do you keep like a vocabulary journal? And then do you take the ner- new words that you learn and create flashcards? Or like, yeah, how does it kind of go from there? Yeah, okay. I, I have some thoughts on this because yeah. I remember when I was starting to learn, I had so much anxiety over not having the perfect flashcard system and feeling like mm-hmm. I was just losing words left and right because I am a bit messy with the way that I take notes. Even in school, I, I should really get better at this, but um, I used to like, put words on random pieces of paper I would have like flashcard boxes and then I would lose them Um, (laughs) I would use Anki sometimes and it was just a big mess but I still acquired enough vocabulary to read like pretty fluently now Um, and yeah I I think I would if I could go back and give myself a piece of advice Mm -hmm. um, it would be maybe it's better like it would be better if you were more organized and you had a better flashcard system but again I think so long as you're exposing yourself to words even if your system is not perfect it's not super organized you're going to learn Um, and I think something that I find comforting to think of along this line along these lines is that you know if somebody just randomly like if you have a really annoying friend maybe hopefully (laughs) that's not the case and they you know, for some reason is shouting this random collection of syllables at you every like five minutes or or every time you meet, they'll say this random collection of syllables. And it sounds like, I don't know, like they'll say flirt or something. Right? <laughs> and then they'll tell you like, oh, this is this is what I say when I'm really happy. And they just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, after a single day, I, I can bet for the rest of your life, you're never going to be able to forget that word. Yeah. You never wrote it down. You never like made a vocabulary list. You never tried to put it into Anki. Um, just because this really annoying person kept screaming it in your face, you'll remember it forever now, basically. And I think that's the way I like to think about vocabulary. Like if you just see something enough times, even if you want to forget it, you can't. Um, like mm-hmm. if you try to forget words in your native language, it's actually very difficult, right? So yeah. um, right now, I am actively trying to develop better systems, but I hope that uh, this is encouraging for people who don't have great systems, that as long as you just, I don't know, do something, you'll be able to remember things. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. And maybe like a suggestion to help with the new words I encounter, something that I do is after like creating a list of what new words I do, I like to kind of form my own sentences using the new words and verbs that I found. And I also found that a great way to not only see if you understand like the grammar, but also ingrain those words more in your head as well. So that might also be like a great suggestion to use. Yeah, you know, I I actually wonder what your thoughts are on this because I have always felt really nervous about creating my own sentences because I'm like, what if I'm just completely using this word out of context? Yeah. And so what I do is I just keep like reading and I'm like, maybe if I just keep reading, I'll finally know how to use it. So I always have this anxiety over like creating new words, but do you Mm -hmm. feel like you're able to understand enough of the new vocab word when you create a new sentence? Yeah, like I like putting it on my own and then using a grammar checker online to see like, oh, did I accidentally like do a subject verb mistake here or was my past tense, you know, not conjugated correctly. So Mm -hmm. I think having that system to at least check back on works a little bit well for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Maybe I'll try doing that now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's always great to hear like new learning methods. And so for the listeners who, and language learners who are first starting off with their very first novel to read in their target language, what 
pieces of advice would you give them? Hmm, yeah. Hmm, advice for first timers. I think just do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think novels look really long and people are like, well, oh, there's so many words in it. Maybe they write in a really fancy way. There are different types of novels. There are novels that are more approachable. So I would say definitely research the books that you want to read before you do it. Um, because something that's something I'm trying to do for this year. Because yeah, sometimes books look interesting, but you actually might not really like it once you get into the reading process. And that could have been avoided if you just looked up the author's background, what is this really about, maybe read a bit of the first chapter and just giving yourself a more rigorous like testing process. Uh, I think this is really important because every time you read a novel, it's like a huge investment of your time, right? Even if you're just reading a novel in your native language, you're spending like 10, 12 hours reading this book. Yeah. So you don't want to be in a position where you're like, oh, I finished like half of it. Like, I don't want to be a quitter. Like, what if I just keep reading it? It'll get better. Or uh, I I'll, I think I'll, it'll feel really good if I finish this. And then you just get into this endless sunk cost fallacy trap and you waste a bunch of time. Yeah. There's nothing really that you should be reading or you shouldn't be reading. So I'd say, yeah, number one, do a lot of research, check to see whether you're interested in what the author has to say, what the skill level is. Um, even if you don't have like sort of a metric for like the, for example, you know, the common European framework, uh, is it A1, A2, even if you don't have that, you can look at um, whether or not native uh, speakers would rate this as a, you know, grade three book or mm -hmm. a middle school novel or somebody who graduated college is a more appropriate audience. So you can definitely check to see if it's suitable for your level. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, interest, I said. And once you find that book, just do it, even if it's a bit above your level, even if it's like, even if you feel like it's a lot above your level, but you're really interested, I think sometimes interest can definitely make up for how, like, objectively speaking, are you ready for it? Because even if you just read for, I don't know, even if you read a page a day, and on that page, you get exposed to 20 more words, I think that's still very significant. Mm -hmm. um, it might take you months to finish the first book. But I think that as long as you keep going, it will get easier and easier. And especially as a learner, I feel like you should not be discouraged at all by speed. And I, my personal experience was the first book took forever. It was very, very long. Uh, it was a short novel, but it took me a super long time because I was looking things up constantly. In the end, I actually gave up looking up everything I didn't understand. I only looked up keywords. And then I reread it and that entire process took like way over two months. Mm. Um, by the time I reached my fifth novel, it was still really tough because I was just not used to a lot of the syntax. I wasn't really used to looking at some of the characters, but I'd say like by the time I reached, you know, a few dozen books, it was quite, quite fluid. Like there wasn't really any stop gaps. I felt like it was really comfortable. Sometimes I preferred reading in Chinese over reading in English even. So it's really, I think, just a matter of time. Um, and obviously still try to keep up with other learning resources. So it's not just like you're lear learning solely from immersion. Mm -hmm. I do think like a systemic study of grammar is still very useful, even when you're trying to immerse primarily through reading. Yeah, for sure. And you made like many, many great points here that I'd love to touch on a little bit more. So I definitely, first of all, agree with just having patience throughout the process. I 
um, have a similar experience with reading my first ever Spanish novel. I remember flipping to the first page and like nothing, like I'm like, <laughs> and it probably took me like even an hour just to like, dissect like this one singular paragraph. Um, I remember that taking me literally forever, but definitely having patience throughout the process was incredibly important. And it's like starting like a language all over again, because yeah, you're just kind of thrown out there, not knowing how to put all the concepts and the grammar and the vocab you are together in one page. Um, so yeah, definitely patience was incredibly important, like you said. And then also, um, I think like a great way for beginners is probably starting off with books or seeing a, a level that mm. um, kind of fits with you better. But of course, interest, like you said, is incredibly important as well, because um, as I kept going on to children's books, of course, me at being 17, <laughs> children's mm. books are just not going to be like, you know, yeah. case for like what novels I want to read. But um, and then reading then to Harry Potter in like 1984, which had actually compelling plots that I could follow along. And it's not just baby characters, you know, having conversations. <laughs> um, I found that that was actually a lot more productive than keeping, you know, going on the path of children's novels. Although that was an important first step, I think, just like, like, like you said, like branching out to your interests and even trying graphic novels, for, for example, if you're interested in graphic novels, I think these are all really great ways to um, kind of, yeah, start off with like the reading process. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing all those great points. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying as well. And thank you for sharing your experience because <laughs> I think that's another thing, right? Like I know people recommend graded readers and children's books, but personally, I feel like a lot of them, if you're just not interested in it, yeah. I feel like every single part really has to be important, especially, you know, now I'm out of college and uh, it should be like a really enjoyable process for me, if, especially if you're trying to balance language learning with like a job or other things. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to like have this be this super intense thing that you dread you dread doing after you get off your work like day job it's, you don't want you to be like super tired out whenever you're doing it so um it's maybe for some people they are interested in some of the plot points of in children's novels and the joy of understanding is enough to keep them going but mm -hmm. for other people they really have to be engaged in the plot mm -hmm. to um to want to keep reading and that may look like a trade-off between uh accessibility and enjoyment uh, and enjoyment of the plot so i think each person can definitely figure out what is the sort of right combination of these factors that pull you in um and i think it does look different for everybody but i'm in the same boat as you i feel like mm -hmm. i can't really force myself to read too much children's books <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I definitely think it's incredibly important for everyone to find the method that best suits for them. And I think overall, once you get more adjusted to the language itself, after you've gone through some grammar studies and your vocabulary becomes more advanced, I definitely think you'll find the whole reading process in general just a lot easier. Mm. And so since we've talked about so much about novels, I'm also curious as to what have been some of your favorite novels in any, yeah, in any foreign language. Okay, yeah. Uh, my Maybe my interests are a bit niche. I don't know. Uh, I would list some books I read recently. So I recently am really into very big novels, like super long time periods where like a complex cast of characters. I recently finished uh, Yukio Mishima's Sea of Fertility Tetralogy. It's a series of four books. I read it in Chinese. Uh, the Chinese translation, I think, is and I read the first book, Spring Snow, then I read, um, I forget the name, I should probably remember. Uh, it will come back to me, and then Temple of Dawn, and 
uh, Decay of the Angel. And it's about this, uh, it's, it has like Japanese, modern Japanese history and reincarnation and a, a man who follows the several, like the four reincarnations of his best friend um, over and over again. It's a sweeping novel, really, really interesting, very beautiful and very philosophical as well. I, I really loved it. Um, right now, I don't know if it's like too early to call it a book I really enjoy, but I'm really enjoying reading um, Hong Lomeng, so Dream of the Red Chamber, even though I definitely know that there are a lot of cultural references that I have to go back and check and reread. This is a book that I think many people have said you can read for your entire life. It's just so maximalist. There are so many characters. It's also, I guess, touching on a similar philosophical point, maybe as uh, the Sea of Fertility Tetralogy, um, what lasts in life and what what remains with you once all of the once all of the social interactions and all of the um pleasures and pains of humanity are gone so i it's I, it's definitely surprised me many times i'm i'm really enjoying this read and then i guess a, in a book in english that i really enjoyed recently um is on chesel beach by ian McEwen. i think ian McEwen is able to write about social taboos in such an empathetic uh, such a kind way with so so much detail and able to do so much with so little. Um, this novel is really just about two people and their love story and how one single moment changes the course of it forever. So um, just, yeah, uh, an amalgamation of different things, <laughs> but things I definitely enjoyed reading. Yeah, yeah, those sound like great recommendations and I'll definitely be giving them a little read as well. And so do you find that being able to read these novels in the language that they're written in and not having to read, you know, the translated version, um, especially in regards to Chinese, do you feel like you that has somehow allowed you to become more connected to the novel, the author, and your heritage in some sense a bit more? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like reading, studying English literature as somebody who's not necessarily from, I guess, a Western background or somebody who doesn't really have sort of familial connections to North America or Europe, um, England, um, like the UK in particular, or Australia or any of the colonies, uh, former colonies. Um, it, it is a bit interesting because you feel that the language is very, very familiar. Obviously, you grew up with it your entire life, but there's some degree of estrangement, which I don't think is a bad thing. I feel like we're mm -hmm. always able to more clearly examine phenomena when we have a certain level of remove from them. And I certainly find studying English literature very beautiful and very fascinating. Um, with reading in Chinese, I think, I, I feel like there's this really strange sense of, uh, especially with the way that emotions are described, emotional states are communicated, um, reading them in the original language definitely has a kind of resonance I didn't even realize with moments from when I was younger in my childhood and um, the way that people in my life speak that the first time that happened to me, you know, when I read in, when I read novels in Chinese, when I was in the beginning stages, I think that was when it was the most significant. I felt like, wow, like this is, this is crazy um, to, to hear all of these, you know, very, very obviously colloquial and very common terms thrown around. Um, I'm kind of describing it in a very bad way and very roundabout way, but I guess, yeah, the to, the TLDR is there's a degree of emotional relatability that I did not necessarily get from reading in, um, masterpieces of English literature, which is fine. Um, and I think it's interesting because as, think, as somebody who is Chinese-Canadian, you also don't entirely relate to it. Uh, so that's also, I think, refreshing and nice because um, 
I, as I said, I, I feel like a, a level of detachment always makes the world more interesting and makes you um, maybe able to observe different things from specific situations. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like this isn't to say that to read is to find things that you relate to. Uh, I feel like obviously works of fiction is just really an exercise in the author's imagination. And there's always gonna be some level of re remove every single reader has from any book. Um, no book is gonna be perfectly relatable, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. um, but it's certainly been an interesting observation I've made <laughs> in, my, in my reading journey. Yeah, yeah, that's such like an eye-opening experience and an interesting position as well to both be removed and detached from the story in some way, but also being able to, in some sense, like bring, have some more connection with that. So yeah, that's a really interesting point that you brought up. Yeah. All right. So to wrap up our conversation, um, what have, what are some of your future goals? If you like to share some of that with the audience. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just past the new year. So I guess it's goal setting season. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I think that I thought about a lot. I thought a lot about whether or not goals are at all useful <laughs> for me. And yeah, I think for me, uh, I guess enjoying the reading process itself has been kind of a goal that has been achieved and a goal that I'm constantly working toward, not just mm -hmm. with some eventual marker of fluency it's not really achieved through passing an exam or going to a country and living there for a few years even even though that would be nice i think for me the goal of language learning is sort of work toward at every every single moment that i'm reading something when i'm trying to decode a sentence or when i'm really trying to even if i understand the sentence from like a linguistic perspective mm -hmm. um connect with it more on some level um because I think reading is a very engaging process. You really have to put yourself into it. And as long as I like what I'm doing and I get value out of it, I think I am both attaining and working toward that goal, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so that sounds really great. And I definitely think it's important to like enjoy the process while you're doing it, not have this reading be some sort of a burden. So yeah, thank you so much for coming again and sharing all your amazing advice and insights. And I loved talking to you about all the different novels that you enjoyed as well. So yeah, thank you so much again. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. And it's been a great pleasure talking to you today. All right. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and learned something new. Please stay tuned for future episodes as well. And if you would like to be a guest on my podcast show, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram at Claire's Languages. Thank you.